Watching around the world. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! I am the voice of the voiceless. Do I have everybody's attention now? Sorry about your damn luck. I deserve one more match. It's going to be the end of the world as you know it. Welcome back, folks, to WrestleRant Radio with your host, with the most, the Bleacher Report featured columnist in the Tuesday Night Delight, none other than Graham Jason Matthews. Welcome back, folks, to another electric edition of WrestleRant Radio, the final episode of 2013. It's been a very fun time doing this show over the past two months since its premiere on October 8th, 2013. We'll be kicking it off in the new year on January 28th, 2014. It's going to be extremely exciting. That's another five, six weeks away. Of course, if I was here on campus, I would be doing the show, but since I'll be off on holiday break, the show will be taking a long extended absence, and we'll be back for the second half of Season 1 in the new year, which is uh, shaping up to be a great one. But nonetheless, I apologize for those listening live right now on Live 365 or through my website, nextearawrestling.weebly.com. Um, we've had a massive snowstorm up here in the Northeast. I was unfortunately not able to do the show live, or unable to do the show at the exact time of 9 o'clock Eastern Time. We had some trouble getting into the radio room, had some trouble getting over here in this massive snowstorm, but being the man that I am and loving the snow up here in the Northeast, we are able to get through it, and of course, as the old slogan goes, the show must go on. It's holiday week here on WrestleRant Radio, since they won't be here next week. Our final show before the holidays, our final show of 2013. There's going to be a lot to talk about here on WrestleRant Radio tonight. We're going to be talking about WWE TLC from this past Sunday night in Houston. A lot of historic happenings happening at that pay-per-view. We're going to be talking about Monday Night Raw from this past Monday night last night um, in Dallas, Texas. Another great show. We're also going to be giving my predictions for my TNA, for the TNA Final Resolution pay-per-view or the pay-per-view slash TV special this upcoming Thursday night on TNA Impact on uh, Spike TV, which is going to be absolutely electric as well. And I will also be revealing the results of my 2013 WWE TNA Year in Review Awards for 2013. It was uh, 
very shocking to say the least. Some more than others, some categories more than others, but it was great to see back the results. Thank you to everyone who voted in the polls. The polls have been open for the last week and a half. I should have opened them a little bit earlier, but we had a number of people vote in the polls over at nextyearwrestling.weebly.com, my official website. So for that, I thank you. But before we get into any of that, just time for my shameless plugs. Make sure you visit, as I just promoted before, my website, nextyearwrestling.weebly.com. Over there, you can check out my reviews of Monday Night Raw, Friday Night SmackDown, TNA Impact Wrestling, and everything else in between. I've got photos up there, other blog posts, so make sure to check it out. You can also check out my blog, my podcast, which is also available on the NEW website through a, uh, through a link on the website. You can check out the WrestleRant podcast. It is WrestleRantRadio.Podbean.com for my exclusive interviews with the stars of the wrestling world. Uh, up there, you can check out my interviews with uh, that I took with stars of... New England Championship Wrestling that I took back in November, I want to say, as well as Elkamania. Those are up there as well. So a lot of cool interviews. You can check them out, all the podcast. Once again, WrestleRantRadio.Podbean.com. You can take that URL, pop it into your mobile device on Safari only, not Chrome, and you can press a little arrow at the bottom of your screen and download the app to your official homepage on your mobile device, and you'll be notified of when new podcasts and or new interviews are up. So that's exciting. Make sure to check that out. Also, make sure to listen to the repeat of WrestleRant Radio right here on Live365.com. You can check it out at Saturday nights, on Saturday nights, at 8 o'clock Eastern Time, 7 Central Time. Of course, it's only going to be this upcoming Saturday, Saturday the 21st. And then after that, it won't be airing repeats any longer because new episodes of WrestleRant Radio won't be coming back until late January 2014. So just make sure to keep that in mind. But speaking of such, um, before I go on with my shameless plugs here, just a few exciting announcements. My archived episodes of Russell Rant Radio are now playing at various times over the course of the day over at PW247.net, the former home of my old talk show, Save Us GSM, so you can listen to WrestleRant Radio over at PW247.net. A lot of other exciting original content on that website as well, so make sure to check it out. Also, I am also in cahoots with another website for them to put my shows up on iTunes, which is also extremely exciting. Um, I've been trying to find a place to upload all the archived episodes of WrestleRant Radio since its debut back in October. Um, I have been unable to do so up to this point on my official website of Next Era Wrestling. However, during the break, I'm going to be working on that, hopefully upgrading the website to get a premium deal so I am, so I will be able to upload the episodes in their entirety to the website at Next Era Wrestling. So that's extremely exciting. For more information on that, if uh, since I won't be here to promote that, you can check me out on my Facebook page. Simply search Graham, GSM Matthews. All the exciting information up there, all news updates, articles, podcasts, stories, and much, much more. So give it the old thumbs up, Graham GSM Matthews Facebook page. Also, make sure to check out my official Bleacher Report profile. Again, just search Graham GSM Matthews. New articles every Saturday for my WWE Week in Review column. That's also available on Next Era Wrestling. Um, new content over the course of the week as well. So make sure to check out my profile for all my Bleacher Report articles, as well as my YouTube channel, Graham GSM Matthews. I'm everywhere, folks. Just search Graham GSM Matthews. Check out YouTube for uh, the official excerpts of this show. Um, you could su- subscribe to me there and also other original content. So 
that's all the places that you can find me and many, many more places as well. So I'm all over social media. So simply search Graham, GSM Matthews. And without further ado, we'll go into the 2013 WWE TNA Year in Review Awards. Like I said, the polls opened not this past Friday, but the Friday before that. I want to say the, let's say, uh, 10 days ago, so the seven, so the December 6th, it was open until... Oh, that's when they started. They were they just closed this past um, a couple hours ago. I took the tallies at uh at six thirty Eastern time today here on Tuesday, December seventeenth, one of my favorite days of the year. Because of course, for those who know me well, know that I love the day of December seventeenth. Not only December seventeenth, but the seventeenth of every month because it was the day that CM Punk won the WWE Championship for the first time in his career at Money in the Bank two thousand eleven. Electric moment, July of two thousand eleven. Um, so that's why I love the seventeenth of every month. But uh, I digress. Nonetheless, the WWE TNA Year in Review rewards, uh, rewards, I mean awards, uh, we'll kick it off here. Again, once again, thanks to everyone who voted in the polls. We had a tremendous turnout, so I really do appreciate it. But here we go. The Wrestler of the Year. The nominees were CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, John Cena, Randy Orton, Bully Ray, and AJ Styles. The winner leading by a whopping 70%. Daniel Bryan, also the WWE's Superstar of the Year, as announced last week at the Slammy Awards. Um, the runner-up was CM Punk with, with 18%. Everyone else had either 3% or 0%. Surprisingly enough, nobody voted for John Cena. Um, so I guess all these smarks took, took part in this poll on my website. Uh, no casual fans. No fans of Cena, which is very surprising, given how John Cena won Two, not one, but two world championships over the course of 2013, but I guess the voters of the poll did not feel that way. Match of the year, we got John Cena versus Daniel Bryan from SummerSlam, CM Punk versus Brock Lesnar from SummerSlam, CM Punk versus The Undertaker from WrestleMania 29, John Cena versus CM Punk from the February 25th edition of Monday Night Raw, Kurt Angle versus Bobby Roode from Bound for Glory, TNA, of course, and AJ Styles versus Magnus from TNA's No Surrender event in September. And the winner of the poll was CM Punk versus Brock Lesnar. Can't question that. Also, my personal favorite match of 2013. The runner-up was John Cena versus Daniel Bryan from SummerSlam with 26%. Punk versus Lesnar had 38% of the poll. Just such a great, great match. Um, I, I just enjoyed that pay-per-view as a whole. We're going to get to the uh, the winner of the pay-per-view of the year poll, so I kind of gave it away here. But Punk versus Lesnar, it just had perfect build. The storytelling over the course of the match was just phenomenal as well. Ever since Brock Lesnar came back, everybody was waiting for Punk versus Lesnar. We finally got that match at SummerSlam with Punk being the resilient babyface, coming up short to the next big thing, Brock Lesnar. Now the question is, will we see a rematch at WrestleMania 29? At WrestleMania 30, I should say. Um, it remains to be seen at what time Brock Lesnar will be returning to the WWE. Normally, it's after the Royal Rumble. Um, that's what we saw last year. The day after the Royal Rumble was when Brock Lesnar returned. So it's very possible we might see Brock Lesnar pop up on WWE programming in late January, possibly the show the day before I come back on WrestleRant Radio. That'd be very exciting to review. But uh, only time will tell if they have a rematch at WrestleMania. I'm all for it. Um, I'm, it would very much be in a very extremely exciting matchup as they had at SummerSlam. Absolutely stole the show that night. And take nothing away from John Cena and Daniel Bryan. That was an equally great matchup. Those two had a hell of a matchup at SummerSlam this past year. Daniel Bryan emerging victorious as the new WWE champion. So props to those for that voted for Punk versus Lesnar because I very much agree. Newcomer of the year, the nominees were 
Big E Langston, Fondango, The Wyatt Family, The Shield, Curtis Axel, and Xavier Woods. Of course, there is no doubting this year, folks. The Shield wins it with 44% of the votes. Runner-up was Big E Langston with 18%. Very surprising that, the, uh, that Xavier Woods, who debuted only a month ago, got higher percentages than Curtis Axel and Fondango. The Wyatt family also got 14%. But even still, Curtis Axel just debuted. Um, I'm sorry, Xavier Woods just debuted about a month ago, and he was already higher in the poll than Curtis Axel and Fondango. So I thought that was pretty funny. But even still, the Shield has made quite an impact over the course of 2013. They won the U.S. Championship. They won the WWE Tag Team titles. They main evented a number of pay-per-views. They've knocked off the likes of John Cena, CM Punk, um, Sheamus, Ryback, Big Show, uh, who else? Randy Orton, The Rock, The Undertaker, Kane, Daniel Bryan. You name them, they've knocked them off. I mean, these guys have had amazing matches over the course of 2013. And without them being in WWE, I don't know if Raw was, would have been as entertaining as it was. I mean, these guys have been given such great amount of time for their in-ring matches over the course of 2013. Whether it be their six-man tag team match against Daniel Bryan and the Brothers of Destruction from Raw in England this past uh, April or their match against Randy Orton, Daniel Bryan, and Kane from the June 3rd edition of Monday Night Raw in Hartford, Connecticut, the show that I was in attendance for, Um, or their match last night on Monday Night Raw when The Shield took on CM Punk and The Usos, another great matchup. I mean, these matches with The Shield are just phenomenal. You would think that they've been around for only a month or two, given the fact their matches are still hot a year later. It just... Absolutely surreal to me. Um, they're, you know, of course their breakup is pending, and I understand that. I think it's a little too soon. I think there's a lot left, a lot more money left in the tank for the Shield, especially with a pending dream match, a pending uh, six-man tag team match up against the Wyatt family at WrestleMania 30. So I hope that ends up coming to fruition. That could be a heck of a match as well. So um, here's hoping they don't break up before WrestleMania because these guys have just stole the show in 2013 for sure. The comeback of the year, the nominees were Rob Van Dam, Goldust, Chris Jericho, Mark Henry, Christian, and The Rock. I kind of ran out of nominees here, so that's why I put in The Rock, Christian, Mark Henry. Um, Jericho came back to the company. Rock was already kind of already under contract, but he hadn't wrestled the match in a while, so that's why I put him up there. Christian and Mark Henry were, were both out for a significant amount of time before they came back in February and June, respectively, so that's why I put them on the list. But nonetheless, the winner of the poll with 55% gold dust, just absolutely dominating the competition. The runner-up was Rob Van Dam with 14% of the vote. Goldust has just had a tremendous year as well, despite the fact that they only came in in September. This guy took Randy Orton to the limit, who was a WWE champion at the time. He's had great matches night in and night out since tag teaming with his brother Cody Rhodes and winning the WWE tag team titles a few months ago. Him and Rhodes, him and Cody have just been lighting up the tag team division, and the tag team division has never been as prominent as it is right now. I can't remember the last time I was invested in the tag team division as I am right now. I mean, the fact that these two have been putting on great matches on every pay-per-view, every Raw, every SmackDown, is just absolutely amazing to me. These guys have just great chemistry with one another, great chemistry with their opponents, no matter whether it be Big Show and Rey Mysterio, the Real Americans, the Usos, the Shield. They just have great matches 
week in and week out. It's just surreal, absolutely surreal. I hope they don't break up anytime soon. I understand I want to see them, too. I've, I've discussed this on the show before. Um, a Goldust versus Cody Rhodes matchup at WrestleMania 30. Um, I hope that does end up coming to fruition, whether it be Rhodes versus Goldust, as a babyface versus babyface, or Cody as the babyface and Goldust is the one that goes heel. I'm not really sure the specifics of the matchup, but I surely hope we get that matchup at WrestleMania 30. I don't think you can hold off for another year. I don't know if the match is going to be as hot as it would be at WrestleMania 30. So, But even still, Goldust, just a tremendous comeback from September to this point forward. Up next, we had the biggest disappointment of the year, with Ryback taking the poll with 37%. The other nominees were Wade Barrett, The Miz, who was a runner-up with 18%, Curtis Axel, Fandango, and the Aces and Eights. Um, I couldn't agree more with this pick. Ryback had a very disappointing 2013 after rising to prominence, rising up the ladder of success in WWE in 2012. He may have a number of pay-per-views in 2012, as well as 2013, but... All of those matches against John Cena, he lost. He lost the Royal Rumble. He's only won one match on pay-per-view in 2013, and that was against Chris Jericho at Money in the Bank. Think about that, folks, for a second. He's only won one match on pay-per-view for a so-called big star. That is not impressive in the slightest. Um, it's, a, it's a shame, too. And this is coming from a Ryback fan. I'm a massive Ryback fan. I've yet to give up on him, despite how much people crap on him, despite how much he's been de-pushed over the last year. I will not give up on Ryback. Been a fan of his from his Skip Sheffield days to now. Will not give up on big, hungry Ryback. That being said, though, I don't think his heel persona is working out. I think they might as well just turn him back face at this point. Just have him go back to saying, feed me more. I think it might be the best thing for him in 2014. But only time will tell. I don't really like his tag team with Axel. At least it's giving him something to do right now. But is it really all that impressive that he's tag teaming with a former IC champion? I mean, these guys don't even have Paul Heyman anymore. So there's really no point for them tag teaming. Just have him turn face or do something monumental with the guy. Just do something meaningful. Because right now, nobody couldn't care less about the guy. And I don't blame him. Up next, we had the return of the year. The nominees were Christian on the June 17th edition of Monday Night Raw, Mark Henry on the February 4th edition of Raw, Kane at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, Chris Jericho in the 2013 Royal Rumble matchup in January, Rey Mysterio on last week's or last month's Raw Country Show, and AJ Styles on the March 14th edition of Impact Wrestling. And stealing the poll was Chris Jericho with 53%. I remember being so excited that Chris Jericho returned at the uh, 2013 Royal Rumble. Nobody saw it coming. Because remember, when Jericho first came back in 07, you know, people knew it was him based off the vignettes. Same thing in 2012. People knew it was him based off the vignettes. 2013, he was the second entrant in the Royal Rumble match alongside his arch-rival Dolph Ziggler, the same man who, quote-unquote, retired him a number of months prior. So that was extremely exciting, and what a way to kick off one of the best Rumbles in years. Um, such Such a very fun Royal Rumble matchup this past year, very much due in part to Jericho and Ziggler, who were in the match for most of the matchup. I believe they spent, respectively, 45 minutes maybe, or even more than that possibly, but uh, Jericho just had a great run over the course of 2013, 
Sure, he didn't win many matches, but he won a heck of a lot more matches than he did last year when he came back. He had great matches against Fandango, who he put over at WrestleMania, might I add. He had a decent match here or there with Ryback, some great matches with Daniel Bryan, Wade Barrett, CM Punk. The list goes on and on as far as good matches that Jericho has had over the course of 2013, and here's hoping he continues to have great matches when he eventually comes back. Surprisingly enough, AJ Styles was the runner-up for that poll with 19%. I didn't think many people from many TNA fans voted in this forum, but I guess so, since AJ Styles was the runner-up. AJ Styles also had a very good 2013. You know, he came back with that new dark persona, which I very much enjoyed, by the way. Uh, Speaking of AJ Styles, and I'll get back to my thing in a second... The fact that his contract with TNA has since expired legitimately, not only in storyline, but legitimately AJ Styles is currently a free agent. I don't want to give anything away as far as his whole title situation on Impact and all that stuff because the next maybe four or five episodes of Impact have already been taped in advance, so I don't want to give anything away. I don't even know the full story, so I don't even want to speak on it. But, you know, getting back to the task at hand, AJ Styles, he went on to win the Bound for Glory series, have great matches with Magnus, with Kurt Angle, with Bobby Roode, um, just so many individuals he's had great matches with. Uh, who else? Austin Aries, also at No Surrender. Just a lot of great matches from AJ Styles. Went on to win the TNA World Heavyweight Championship in the main event of Bound for Glory before um, you know, saying deuces to the company the night after or the week after on TNA Impact Wrestling, and we haven't seen him on Impact since. I don't know if we ever will again, based off what uh, what people are saying, but I digress. Moving forward, the tag team of the year, the nominees were Team Hell No, Bad Influence, Bobby Roode and Austin Aries, The Shield, Cody Rhodes and Goldust, and The Usos, of course, still in this one away, The Shield, specifically Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. I put Team Hell No on here because some people may forget that might feel like forever ago that Daniel Bryan and Kane were still a faction, but Kane and Daniel Bryan were a very entertaining team. They were a team for about half the year from the first half of 2013 um, going into June, not so much into, into July. But from January to June in 2013, these guys were a very formidable tag team, were the reigning WWE tag team champions for a very, very long time, had one of the longest reign tag, had, had one of the longest reigns as WWE tag team champions in history. So they had a lot of great matches as well. But Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns, you got to give it up to these guys. Whether they're holding gold or not, they've been putting on great matches since day one. Cody Rhodes and Goldust, you can argue the same thing, but they became a tag team in September. Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins have been a tag team since the start of the year. So that's why I gave them the edge. And obviously the voters were thinking the same thing that I was. So it's great to see Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns pick up the win in that category. The Women's Wrestler of the Year, the nominees were Caitlin, A.J. Lee, the current reigning Divas champion, Natalia, Gail Kim, Mickey James, and Taryn Terrell. Of course, the biggest landslide of them all in all of the year in review awards, A.J. Lee with 81%. The only runner-up was Caitlin with 7% of the vote, which was amazing. So, you know, that being said, A.J. Lee has also had a fantastic 2013 she wasn't holding gold for the first half of the year, but she was a very key part in all of Dolph Ziggler's storylines. She turned heel almost exactly a year ago at WWE's TLC event. Um, she won the Divas Championship for the first time in her career in a great match with Caitlyn at Payback in June, and has been the reigning Divas Champion ever since. 
Speaking of AJ, actually, you know what? I'll get into it a little later in the show um, as regard, in regards to her incident with Michelle Beadle. I think that's how you pronounce it. From the tribute to the troops tra- taping from, a, uh, I believe, over the weekend. I'll get into that in a little bit when I talk about TLC. Moving on here, the shocker of the year. The nominees were Mark Henry turning on John Cena, Randy Orton and Triple H turning heel at SummerSlam, Dolph Ziggler capturing the World Heavyweight Championship after successfully cashing in his Money in the Bank briefcase, Paul Heyman turning on CM Punk, Chris Saban winning the TNA World Heavyweight Championship, and Bully Ray winning or joining the Aces and Eights back at lockdown in March. The winner with 62% of the vote, Mark Henry, feigning his retirement and turning on John Cena. I was very disappointed that that moment didn't win a slammy last week on Raw. Just one of the best Raw moments in, his, in a very, very long time. Um, I didn't believe going into the show that he was actually going to retire, but Mark Henry's promo won me over. I'm thinking, wow, maybe this isn't a work after all. Maybe Mark Henry really is retiring. Then out of nowhere, world's strongest slam to John Cena. Not only that moment, but that entire Raw was just fantastic. There's so many returns, so many great moments. Uh, I love that Raw so much. June 17th, 2013. If you didn't watch the show or if you love the show as much as I did, go back and watch it. It was just such a great show and a great moment in particular with Mark Henry turning on John Cena. And it's a shame, too, because Mark Henry went on to contend for the WWE title at SummerSlam. I'm sorry, at Money in the Bank in July and hasn't done anything of note since. I know he got injured for a few months and has since returned. But he really hasn't done anything meaningful since that program with John Cena, which is a shame because he's great on the mic and should deserve and does deserve at least one more run with a world championship before he retires. The show of the year, the nominees were Monday Night Raw, Friday Night SmackDown, Tina Impact Wrestling, WWE Main Event, WWE NXT, and WWE Superstars. Actually, it's very funny to note that WWE Superstars and WWE Main Event got higher percentages than Impact and SmackDown, believe it or not. But the winner of the poll was Monday Night Raw with 44% of the vote. WWE NXT, a very close with uh, a very close runner-up with 34%. NXT has been very entertaining over the course of the year. I watched it from its darkest days in 2011 and 2010, the final few months of 2010 when they were going into season three, season four, redemption, which was atrocious. Um, I watched the first few months of when they rebranded in June of 2012, but I had to stop watching the show. I did not have enough time in high school to be watching the show, which was unfortunate. I got back into watching it this past summer, and I've been watching every episode ever since. I'm telling you, people, if you're not watching the show on a regular basis, you're really missing out some of the best matches, some of the best storylines, and some of the best programming in WWE at the moment, and you have no excuse not to watch it right now because it is now free on Hulu+. Plus. So just search um, WWE NXT on Hulu Plus and it should it surely should pop up new episodes air every Wednesday so make sure to check it out a great show Monday Night Raw not really surprised it won this poll but I would argue that NXT deserved it more but perhaps more people watch Raw than NXT that's a given so maybe that's why that one um, ended up winning that poll up next, we had the pay-per-view of the year reward award. I keep on saying reward, but I mean award. I, I apologize for the botch. The nominees were Extreme Rules, Payback, Money in the Bank, SummerSlam, TNA Lockdown, and TNA Slammiversary. Both Lockdown and Slammiversary <laughs> received 0% of the votes. Um, not surprising at all, but 
winning with a whopping 66% of the votes. SummerSlam, no argument there. Just a spectacle of a show. We had Cena versus Daniel Bryan for the WWE title in the main event of the show. As I said before, great, 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 great matchup. CM Punk versus Brock Lesnar in a no-holds-barred matchup. We had Alberto Del Rio versus Christian for the World Heavyweight Championship. Another very, very good matchup from those two. So there is no doubt in my mind that SummerSlam deserved this award. And the runner-up was Payback with 16%. Another great show where we had a new world champion in Del Rio. Del Rio turned heel. Ziggler turned face. AJ Lee won the Divas Championship. And Curtis Axel won the Intercontinental Championship. So, no doubt in my mind that SummerSlam was the last great pay-per-view to date in WWE. Um, TLC was pretty good. I'll get into this in a little bit. But it was nowhere near as epic as SummerSlam. And some would argue that was the last moment in time that WWE TV was actually interesting. It's starting to heat up now a little bit, but I I still say that the last time WWE was captivating, fun to watch, uh, fascinating to watch every week on a weekly basis was back at SummerSlam. And after that, when they went into the fall, all excitement just died out completely. And the feud of the year, last but not least, the feud of the year... The nominees were Randy Orton versus Daniel Bryan, CM Punk versus Paul Heyman, Cody Rhodes and Goldust versus The Shield, Triple H versus Brock Lesnar, Gail Kim versus Taryn Terrell, and John Cena versus Ryback. Very surprised with the winner of this one. The winner with 38% of the votes, Cody Rhodes and Goldust versus The Shield which lasted, it's still going on to this day, but these two teams started feuding back in September when the Road brothers were uh, out of a job after Cody Rhodes was fired. Goldust was starting to appear on WWE more and more each week. And then we had um, their match at Battleground, which was fantastic. We had another great match between them at Hell in a Cell and that triple threat tag team title match also involving the Usos. So these two had a very, very good, Great rivalry over the course of over the last few months, but um, in a very very close second place was Punk and Heyman, and I would argue that was the feud of the year. I know a lot of people won't agree with that. It really was early on one of the best feuds in a long time because it was personal, it was legitimate. These two do indeed in real life have a very close bond with one another. So it was real. It was real television when these two were having promos together in June, July, and August. Of course, the feud kind of died down a little bit after Night of Champions, after Curtis Axel got involved, Lesnar left, and Ryback got involved, and then Punk just dominated Ryback, and Ryback was absolutely no threat to Punk at all, so that was a waste of time. So yeah, I would I would definitely say the feud died down in its final few months, but it was hot as hell over the course of the summer, so... It is a very close. I would give the nod to Punk and Heyman, but I could see why a lot of people would vote for Cody Rhodes and the Shield, um, the Road Brothers versus the Shield. Well, that closed out the 2013 WWE TNA Year in Review Awards. Thanks again to everyone who voted in the polls, and I hope to do something similar next year on my website at nextairwrestling.weebly.com. So with all that being said, um, we'll move right along right now to Monday Night Raw. Even before that, actually, we'll get into WWE TLC from this past Sunday, airing on December 15th, 
2013, live from Houston. The fifth annual TLC pay-per-view event. Kicking off the show in the pre-show match, we had Fandango versus Dolph Ziggler. A very disappointing four-minute matchup. Given the fact that both guys are very good in the ring, you would expect them to have have been given more time, have a very high-paced, entertaining matchup. That was not the case on Sunday night. Fandango went over clean. Actually, it was with help from Summer Rae, but the fact Fandango even went over was asinine. Ziggler, a former world champion, who ended up getting his win back anyway the next night on Monday Night Raw. So I thought this was pointless. And the poor booking of Dolph Ziggler continues. Fandango, I've said it before, I'll say it again, couldn't care less about the guy. The gimmick is what bothers me the most. He's a very good worker in the ring. Don't get me more, don't get me wrong. It's just the fact that his gimmick disallows him from me taking him more seriously as a competitor. I think that's the whole issue and why I don't feel attached to the Fondangle character as many others do. But uh, moving right along here, kicking off the show, the actual show, we had Triple H and Stephanie McMahon come out for no apparent reason. Can't they just leave these guys in the back? I mean, they kicked off Survivor Series. They kicked off Night of Champions. When you kick off a pay-per-view with a promo, it feels more like a Raw. And that's not a good thing. The fact that Raws are three hours just like pay-per-views are, that doesn't help anything either. Because that makes the pay-per-views feel less special. So, that being said, I don't think this was necessary. You didn't need to have Triple H and Stephanie McMahon come out to open up a pay-per-view. You know, opening up a Raw I can live with, but opening up a pay-per-view, that's where you draw the line. Nonetheless, the first official matchup of the show saw CM Punk take on the Shield in a 3-on-1 handicap matchup. A great match to kick off the show. A very hot opener between Punk and the all three members of the Shield. Punk ended up going over after... Looking to hit the GTS on Dean Ambrose, moved out of the way. Roman Reigns, who injured his eye earlier on in the matchup, inadvertently spearing Dean Ambrose instead. Punk picking up the scraps and picking up the victory. So Punk, I believe his fourth consecutive pay-per-view win um, after defeating the Wyatt Family at Survivor Series and Ryback at Battleground and Hell in a Cell, respectively. Punk, who lost many matches on pay-per-view over the course of summer, is gradually getting back his mojo on pay-per-view, which is great to see. I recently read a stat that said Punk hasn't lost a match on Raw um, since, what was it, I think the March 11th or something like that, an episode of Raw in March of 2013, so which is extremely surprising. Of course, he lost on Monday Night Raw this, you know, last night. But before that, he hadn't lost a match on Raw since he hadn't lost a match on Raw since March, which is very impressive. But um, even still, such a great match, it's such a great matchup to kick off the show at TLC. The planting of the seeds for a pending Shield breakup continues. Not something I really want to see. Um, as much as I love the Shield together, it's only a matter of time before they break up, and I have a very strong feeling that Roman Reigns will be the babyface coming out of that feud or coming out of the out of, coming out of the Shield, which doesn't surprise me in the slightest, given the fact that he's been given you know he, he has the look of a babyface. He has that look that Vince McMahon loves so much that would want to make him into a top star in WWE. So very good matchup to kick off TLC. Up next, we had a Divas title matchup with AJ Lee successfully retaining against Natalia. A very surprising incident occurring at the Tribute to the Troops taping. And this kind of ties into the matchup. That's why I'm mentioning it. I think Tribute to the Troops was taped either last week or over the weekend. I'm not really sure. I think it was, I think it was last week. 
But um, at the tapings backstage, AJ Lee confronted a celebrity, and I say that with air quotes because I had no idea who this chick was before I read this report, and I apologize if I botched this, but I believe her name was Michelle Beadle, B-E-A-D-L-E. Um, she was apparently seen speaking backstage to CM Punk, AJ Lee's apparent boyfriend, and AJ Lee was upset over the fact that CM Punk was upset or um, you know, reportedly upset over something that Beatle said to Punk, something that was um, unkind or hurting. I don't know. I forgot what it was. But um, even still, um, AJ Lee was upset about that, confronted Beatle about it, and apparently just went off on her in front of some very important people backstage in WWE, some higher-ups, the powers that be. And the powers that be did not like that at all. AJ Lee has yet to comment on the matter on any of her social media websites. Michelle Beadle has since taken it to Twitter to say that she really didn't provoke AJ in any way. Her and Punk are very good friends. He just said, um, I guess she'd call them uh, something, you know, a, a mother effer or something like that. But she said that's what she calls all of her friends. So he shouldn't have taken offense to it. Apparently, AJ did take offense to it. I'm not really sure what the whole situation was or what it entailed or anything like that. I'm not really keen on all the details of the incident, but apparently AJ Lee was in hot water going into the TLC pay-per-view, which is why a lot of people expected her to drop the belt to Natalia. But nonetheless, AJ Lee pulled out the victory, still your Divas champion. I couldn't be happier about it because, like I said before, AJ Lee, the best Divas champion in a long, long time, if ever. She's been holding on to the title since June. I believe the longest Divas title reign is at seven months with Maurice, so I would like to see AJ break that record by you know, going on to retain the Divas title until February at the very earliest, thus breaking the longest reigning Divas title record in history of Maurice. So AJ Lee, still your Divas champion after TLC. Intercontinental Championship matchup saw Biggie Langston put his title on the line against Damian Sandow. Decent matchup. You know, not a lot of people cared. I mean, Biggie Langston's over, as is Sandow, but the build was there. This matchup got built, don't get me wrong, but it was just a standard matchup. The ending outcome was never in doubt. It was just kind of a raw matchup, something that you would see on Monday Night Raw. Hell, you would see on main event. It wasn't really anything of note at all. You know, Langston went over, still your IC champion. It would have been asinine to take the title off of him at, at this point since he only won it a mere month ago but even so good showing from these guys they just didn't get a lot of love from the crowd understandably so because the feud wasn't didn't really have much importance they didn't really bring their a game to this matchup it wasn't an intense brawl or anything it was just a standard matchup Langston wins you know everything that you would expect it to be up next we had a WWE tag team title fatal four-way match that saw Cody Rhodes and Goldust put their title up for grabs against Rey Mysterio in the Big Show, the Real Americans, and Ryback, and Curtis Axel, who are apparently calling themselves Axel. So, um, this matchup, absolutely awesome as the crowd chanted throughout the matchup. The strong streak of great matches from the Road Brothers continue. I'm telling you, these guys are simply incapable of having a bad match, regardless of who they work with. I was a bit disappointed that the Real Americans were taken out earlier on in the matchup, but it proved to work to the match's advantage because Big Show and Rey Mysterio very much worked well with the Road Brothers. So it looks like we're going to be getting a feud out of those two teams going forward after what happened on Raw. I'll get to that in a minute. 
But another great matchup. Another reason why the tag team division right now is it is hot as it is, has ever been in a very, very, very long time. So great to see Cody Rhodes and Goldust, still the WWE Tag Team Champions, come, coming out of TLC. Now time for the filler matches, because of course WWE had since realized that they did not have enough matches on the advertised card to fill up all three hours. So they threw in two bonus matches which kind of brought the show down a little bit. Not even in the sense that they brought the crowd down after a couple hot matches. They just didn't serve any purpose at all. I mean, they worked in the sense that they were buffer matches. Just nobody cared at all. It was just just asinine matches. But we had R-Truth versus Brodus Clay. A forgettable matchup. R-Truth went over. The only real thing of note here that is worth mentioning is the fact that Brodus Clay finally ditched Tons of funk after Tensai and the Funkadactyls walked out on Brodus Clay during the matchup and calling himself a quote-unquote main event player. Not player, player, as Brodus Clay would say. They teamed together the next night on Raw anyway for some odd reason. But, you know, despite that, Brodus Clay's heel turn is pretty much officialized at this point in time. Up next, we had Kingston versus Miz. Atrocious matchup. It was no disqualification. They didn't use... Any weapons at all. The only reason why the stipulation was significant was so Miz could use the top turnbuckle, which ended up backfiring, and Kingston picked up the victory. I still don't care about this view, despite the fact that I'm a huge Miz fit. We had the Wyatt family taking on Daniel Bryan in a three-on-one handicap match. The Wyatt family emerged victorious there. Not as electric as the first handicap matchup, but just such, such stellar storytelling throughout the matchup with Bryan going against all odds against the Wyatt family, putting up his best effort. And despite that, the Wyatt family emerged victorious. A very good win for the Wyatt family after they had been coming up short in recent weeks. They needed the win more than Daniel Bryan did. So a great matchup from a storyline-telling standpoint. End of the main event, we had a TLC matchup to determine the inaugural WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Yes, that is what they're calling it now. With Randy uh, Randy Orton, the former WWE champion, taking on the former World Heavyweight Champion, John Cena. These two, despite the fact their feuds haven't always been all that exciting since 2007, their matches are always entertaining. They've had good Hell in a Cell matches, no disqualification matches, table matches, Iron Man matches, you name it, they've fought in it, I quit matches. And this was... No doubt, without an exception, um, a very, very good matchup from Orton and Cena. They had a lot of cool spots. Um, the spot at the end was Cena. He was supposed to go through the table. They messed that botch up a little bit, Cena. They covered for it well. The commentators did by saying that Cena hit his head on the table. So I guess that worked to an extent. It would have been cooler if Cena actually went through the table. But another strong matchup between John Cena and Randy Orton. Randy Orton ended up going, ended up going over clean to become the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. We also had the televised return of Mr. McMahon on this show, who didn't appear on Raw, by the way, only Hell in the Cell, only uh, TLC, I should say, and congratulated, along with the rest of the authority, Randy Orton after the match on his victory. Nothing of note happening after the matchup except for a brief celebration, so that was a bit of a letdown, but aside from that, I commend WWE... for going with a clean finish on the show after screwing their fans out of a clean finish at Night of Champions, Battleground, Hell in the Cell, and Survivor Series. So we got a very good matchup out of Cena and Orton to close the show. Overall, I thought it was a very, very good show. Uh, actually, you know what I would say? It was a good show. It wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. 
and it was only good in the sense that we got a clean finish in the main event. Yes, people, that is what it's come down to, determining a you know deeming a show good or bad based on if the main event ended clean or if it didn't. That's what it's come down to with WWE nowadays. It's a shame, but you got to do what you got to do. But even still, though, a very good show uh, with the main event matches, Punk and Shield, the Brian and Wyatt family, the TLC matchup, all very entertaining matches. Looking forward to where the WWE product goes from here. They've been slightly improving with this show and then Raw the next night. So I would hope that they keep on going in this direction. You know, some people might lose hope with next week's show, the 23rd of Raw, the 23rd episode of Raw in December. is going to be holiday-themed, but it was last year too, so, you know, no worries there. Same thing with, uh, what was it? The same thing with the next week, um, the week after. I think it's going to be the New Year's edition of Raw 2 on December 30th. So I wouldn't be surprised if they phoned it in that night too. So even still, I like where WWE's going. Still not all that captivated by everything they're doing at the moment. But they are slowly taking baby steps for making up for all the bad decisions they took, for all the bad decisions they made over the last few months. Going into Monday Night Raw, I think it might be worthless to go through every match on the show um, right now. But, you know, even still, I'll go through some of the matches. Orton's Championship Celebration to kick off the show. Cena interrupted. Main event matchup was made between Brian and Orton. Standard segment to kick off the show. Nothing much more to say than that. Big Show and Rey Mysterio defeating Cody Rhodes and Goldust. Another very good matchup from both teams. Another reason why the tag team division has been reinvigorated in recent weeks, in recent months, I should say. The tag team division has been an absolute fire as of late. Been loving every minute of it. What I don't love, actually, is the team of Big Show and Rey Mysterio. When it would make more sense to put Big Show with Mark Henry, who he was supposed to tag team with a couple months ago before Henry got injured, and you put Rey Mysterio with Sin Cara, another tag team that was together before both superstars got injured earlier this year. Sin Cara didn't even appear on this show, despite the fact that he beat Alberto Del Rio both at um, both at last week's Raw and the week before that. Didn't didn't even appear on the show, so that was weird. But even still, Rey Mysterio and Sin Cara, I assume the only reason why they're together Big Show had a terrible push in the main event, so now they're trying to, you know, cover that by putting him in an entertaining tag team with Mysterio. Mysterio is still somewhat injured. His knee is. So putting him in a tag team is smart, but I think putting him in a tag team with Sin Cara, Hunico, whatever you want to call him, is a better move because those guys have better chemistry. I hope Big Show and Rey Mysterio aren't the ones to take the titles off of the Road Brothers. I think it's still too soon to take the titles off of the Road Brothers Maybe at the Royal Rumble, maybe even at Elimination Chamber, if they want to go with the Cody Rhodes versus Goldust match at WrestleMania. But if there's anyone that's going to take the titles off of the Road Brothers, it should either be the Usos or the Real Americans, because both teams are very, very deserving of a run with the WWE Tag Team Titles. The last thing right now, Big Show should be holding is a championship. The last thing he should be holding right now is a title. He does not need any more championship gold. Neither does Rey Mysterio. I would be more interested of about them in tag team division in tag teams had they been tag teaming with Mark Henry and Sin Cara respectively. Moving right along here, we had Dolph Ziggler defeating Fandango in a rematch from TLC. Another very underwhelming matchup between these two. Went even shorter than their matchup at TLC did. This one ranked um, was clocked in at three minutes, whereas their pre-show matchup from TLC clocked in at four minutes. 
So that was a bit of a uh, disappointment. Ziggler picked up the victory. I assume a rubber match will be held either this week on SmackDown or next week's Raw. Couldn't care less, honestly. But Ziggler, like I said before, is in just no man's land right now. And he said in the WWE.com exclusive, also on their YouTube channel, that this was his quote-unquote turning point. I don't know how you would deem a win over Fandango a turning point, especially given the fact that it came over via a roll-up. I don't know why WWE feels the need to protect Dolph Ziggler right now or protect Fandango. He means next to nothing at the moment. But even still, hopefully this is a turning point for Ziggler. I don't even care if you have to turn him heel to make him relevant again. Just do something with the guy. He's over with the fans. People love him. Do something meaningful with Dolph Ziggler. That's all I ask. That's all I want for Christmas is for WWE to do something meaningful with Dolph Ziggler going into the new year. Fingers crossed, people. We had Biggie Langston and Mark Henry tag teaming to take on the Real Americans. A good tag team matchup that got surprisingly great time. This matchup went over 10 minutes, maybe 10 to 13 minutes, I think. Um, Biggie Langston and Mark Henry are apparently a faction now or apparently a thing. If you didn't already know it, um, very good to see that. I think they could make for a very dominant tag team, eventually leading to a feud between the two, either at WrestleMania, maybe before that. I would hope so at WrestleMania could really boost the prestige of the IC title. But I hope Langston and Henry don't become a full-fledged tag team because Langston should really focus on bringing some importance back to the IC title. And he has been as so far with two successful title defenses under his belt, no pun intended, over Damian Sandow and Curtis Axel. So hopefully he doesn't give up his IC title run in favor of the WWE tag team titles. But even still, I like the idea of a Henry Langston tag team going into WrestleMania. Maybe we have Mark Henry go heel, and we put those two together in a monster versus monster matchup at WrestleMania for the Intercontinental Championship. Langston goes over, and Mark Henry puts Langston over as the next big thing in the process. Also on this Raw, we had Ryback and Curtis Axel taking on tons of funk. The matchup was an absolute afterthought. Ryback Axel went over after Burtis Clay did not tag in. I guess that's a new way of turning heel nowadays. Miz didn't tag in Kofi. Burtis Clay didn't tag in Tensai. So I guess if you want to turn heel nowadays, this is the way you do it. So, but... Even still, I could not be happier that Burtis Clay is back to being the monster that he should have been from day one. I enjoyed the Funkasaurus gimmick, don't get me wrong, but it well overstayed its welcome, so I'm very glad that we're finally getting back the monster Burtis Clay. But any heat that he got from beating up Tensai was quickly taken care of, was, t- was quickly removed, was quickly disappeared after he was taken out by Xavier Woods in R-Truth. I don't mind... Brutus Clay feeding with those two, but if they really want to make Brutus Clay into a hashtag main event player, then he should be destroying everybody. Brutus Clay, our truth, uh, not Brutus Clay, I'm sorry, Tensai, Xavier Woods, our truth, whoever, he should be destroying anybody who dares to put a stop to his reign of terror. Not, you know, backing off. I don't want to see a whiny Brutus Clay. I want to see a monster Brutus Clay. So here's hoping we do. We had a quick promo from Shawn Michaels and CM Punk. And don't think this will lead into anything down the line because CM, uh, not CM Punk, Shawn Michaels tweeted after the show that he was called in at the last minute. Um, you know, he, he was just called in because I guess they were in Texas anyway. They were in Dallas, so they were near 
uh, Shawn Michaels' hometown of San Antonio. So I guess they want to follow it up from the Slammy Awards ending from last week. So I don't think this is leading to anything for those getting your hopes up. I would love to see this lead to a matchup, but not really because I really think that Shawn Michaels should stay retired. But, you know, it could always lead to something like uh, a Shawn Michaels in the corner of Triple H versus CM Punk matchup at WrestleMania. I'd be all for that. So here's hoping we get something, you know, of that fashion, in that fashion at WrestleMania, which could be great. But uh, the next subsequent matchup, we saw The Shield take on CM Punk and The Usos, another high-paced matchup. The Shield went over, getting their win back from TLC, so good booking there. Also, we had AJ Lee, Tamina snuck on Alicia Fox, defeating the trio of Natalia and the Bella Twins. The only thing worth mentioning from this matchup was the scintillating super kick that Tamina Snuka delivered on Nikki Bella. What a super kick was that, people? I mean, if you were watching, you would know what I mean. What a beautiful super kick. Sean Michaels was smiling from ear to ear backstage. Wow, what a super kick. If you didn't see it, go back and watch it. Um, just great stuff. But I'm glad to see that AJ Lee did not get pinned in tag team action for once. I don't know who her next opponent will be. Nor do I really care, but hopefully they either bring back Mickey James or they call up some new, um, you know, women from the NXT developmental territory because uh, she's pretty much beating everybody at this point. After beating Natalia, I don't know if that feud's going to continue, but AJ Lee on top of the world right now. And in the main event, we had Daniel Bryan versus Randy Orton, which was initially billed as a title match, but as the show went on, it wasn't, so it kind of confused viewers there. But even still, a Excellent matchup from Orton and Bryan. I said this before, but the recent string of matches from Orton and Bryan were slightly underwhelming. Their matches at Night of Champions, Battleground, and Hell in a Cell were all good, but they weren't great. I'll say that much. Their last great matchup came on the June 24th edition of Monday Night Raw this past year, that no disqualification match. So I guess they must work better in the main event of Raw as opposed to pay-per-views. I guess we just got to keep that in mind going forward. But such a great matchup between Orton and Brian on the show. Brian, glad to see him back in the main event picture. I don't know if it's just for one night or if they're signaling, signaling him to winning the Royal Rumble or putting him back in the title chase. I'm not really sure right now. But I really like the finish with Orton going over or Orton losing via disqualification after utilizing the low blow on Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan should not have taken another loss to Randy Orton, nor should have Randy Orton lost the fought in the night after winning the Undisputed Championship. So it was a lose-lose situation in terms of a clean finish, but they went with the right finish as far as Orton getting the disqualification loss, so it put heat on him in the process, so good booking there. And Cena came out to make the save, only to eat an RKO at the hands of Randy Orton. So right now the big question is, what matchup for the WWE Championship, I'm sorry, the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, will we see at the Royal Rumble? Will it be Orton versus Cena, Orton versus Bryan, or a triple threat match? Orton versus Bryan we've seen before, and we all know that Cena still has his rematch. So I don't want to see Orton versus Cena again, and if we do, I'd be fine with it if it means Bryan is winning the Rumble. But if we get a triple threat match between the three, it could be a, it could prove to be a great matchup. I was hoping to see that matchup back on Night of Champions after Cena lost the title to Daniel Bryan at SummerSlam this past year, but he had to take time off due to getting surgery on his elbow, so that match was no more. But even still, though, um, I'd be very much looking forward 
to a triple threat matchup or just a one-on-one matchup between Orton and Bryan or Orton and Cena, whatever way they do it. The WWE World Heavyweight title picture right now is as exciting as it's ever been in months. So I'm glad to see some intrigue going forward with the Randy Orton character who really turned his heel persona up a notch on the show, which I was very impressed by. But overall, I really enjoyed this episode of Raw. Um, I thought it was great. Uh, you know, actually, I thought it was pretty good. It wasn't great, but we had some very solid in-ring action. A lot of tag team matches, like I said before. The WWE tag team division right now is shining, so I'm glad to see that. But um, even still, I thought it was a good episode of Raw, much better than most episodes of Raw are nowadays. And it goes to show that maybe WWE is finally realizing their product, excuse my language, is shit right now. Maybe they're finally realizing that they're complete that their product is completely garbage right now so maybe they're going to strive to fix that in 2014 which is great to see but with all that being said i look forward to the royal rumble our next pay-per-view on the road to wrestlemania which begins at the royal rumble next january which is when i will be back for WrestleRant Radio, I'll say it one more time. Like I said before, this is the final episode of WrestleRant Radio in 2013. But I will be back on January 28th, I think it is, with the mid-return, mid-season return of WrestleRant Radio. We will be back on that Tuesday of January 28th on uh, at 9 o'clock Eastern Time, 8 Central Time. We're going to be reviewing the Royal Rumble and much, much more. A lot of improvements coming in the show, coming in the new year, so don't miss out on that. But you can also check out, now time for these shameless plugs, my website, nextarawrestling.weebly.com for WWE TNA rumors, recaps, and more. All of that on NEW Next Era Wrestling. Check out all of my interviews with the stars of the wrestling world at wrestlerantradio.podbean.com. You can download the official app using that same URL on your mobile device in Safari, not Chrome, and press that little arrow on the bottom of your screen to get the official app on your home screen on your mobile device, you'll be notified of when new podcasts are up. Listen to the repeat of Russell Rant Radio on Saturdays at 8 o'clock Eastern Time, 7 Central Time, only this Saturday, because of course, every Saturday going forward, there won't be a new episode of Russell Rant Radio. So only for Saturday, December 21st, the first, the first day of winter actually, the uh, summer solstice, or the winter solstice, I should say. So looking forward to that. Um, also, make sure to like my official Facebook page at Graham GSM Matthews. Like my like that page. Check me out on Bleach Report at Graham GSM Matthews as well. And also, once again, simply search Graham GSM Matthews on YouTube for all the original content as well as excerpts exclusively on my YouTube channel of this show and much, much more. 2013 has been a great year personally for me in the wrestling world. Not so much in the last few months, but you know WWE's been slacking, TNA a little bit too. But here's hoping to pick up the scraps going into 2014, which has the potential to be a great year for both the WWE, TNA, and the world of wrestling as a whole. It's been great doing this show from October to now. Um, I'm very much looking forward to my return to WrestleRant Radio on Tuesday. Once again, I'll keep on promoting it. Tuesday, January 28th, 2014. It's going to be the first Tuesday after the Royal Rumble pay-per-view, which is when I will be back on Endicott campus, on Endicott territory. So I'm very much looking forward to that. And once again, the final episode of WrestleRant Radio before the holidays. So I'll say it once more. Happy holidays, whether you celebrate Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, Three Kings Day, whatever it may be. I hope you have a fantastic holiday. And we'll see you right back here in the new year 
for one last time in 2013. This is the Tuesday Night Delight. The Bleacher Report featured columnist Graham GSM Matthews and the host of WrestleRant Radio signing out one last time. This is WrestleRant Radio's own Graham GSM Matthews. We'll see you in 2014. Good night, folks. And once again, happy holidays.